welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. I hope that you are well and safe wherever you might be today. That is certainly just a pleasantry that has been said for years, but in our current climate, I mean, really, I hope that you're doing all right. We have multiple crises converging upon us at this hour, and I just pray for safety and well-being for all of God's people and really just everyone. As you know, we've been battling this coronavirus business for, I don't know, 10 years now? I don't know a few months or something, but it has been dangerous. It has cost 100,000 American lives. There has been a lot of disagreement, a lot of division, and politically, it's just taken what was already a mess politically. What a divided nation we have, and has only made that even more apparent as you bring in the kind of rules that cost lives or alter livelihoods. It's really scary stuff. And if that wasn't enough, two weeks ago, on May 25th, police brutality reared its ugly head again. Of course, it's been around for a long time, needs to be dealt with, but George Floyd died. You know all about that. And we are two weeks into protests, some peaceful, protests, some not, and just all-out riots. It's getting really scary across America. There was already this great divide a lack of communication, and just pure opposition. And now you add to that this horrific event and all of the things that have unfolded. Everybody's angry. Everybody is frustrated with how other people are behaving, no matter where you're standing or to whom you are looking. And I have to say, as we begin to zero in on where we're going today, someone has to be the voice of Jesus. Someone. Someone has to be the voice of peace the voice of love and patience and true progress. Yesterday at the Lindale Church, I preached a lesson called Be Kind, and I almost made that the episode for today, three words, just be kind. But instead, I preached it yesterday. You can listen to it at the Lindale Church of Christ website, podcast, Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. We studied some passages that are very challenging. Jesus telling us, how to handle situations like this in the face of people with which we completely disagree, in the situation where people are behaving very poorly, the way that God told us to behave, the words of Jesus are very difficult, incredibly challenging, and that's why most people don't follow them and things just get worse. But somebody, someone in your community, in your church, in your family, someone has to be like Jesus. So I hope you take the time to listen to that, to consider what it means to be kind. But for today's episode, I wanted to be a little more practical, zero in a little tighter, and not just tell you to be kind to even those who are evil, but specifically a mode of kindness, a specific approach and practice that will help. It will help our political divide to heal locally first, hopefully larger than that over time. If there are race issues in your family or community, 
This is the key to helping that heal. And then all of the other stuff from Christians fighting over mask wearing at church. I mean, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. Married couples arguing over the most mundane of things. Where there is division, there is a way to heal it. Generically, love your neighbor and be kind. Specifically, it is time to listen, not lecture. That's our topic for today. And I think you probably know what I mean by that. Everybody wants their voice to be heard. They want to make their point, build their argument. They want other people to listen. They want everyone else to change. We're all drawn to the lecturing of our wisdom to a world that's foolish. But the problem is, everyone feels that way. So the person you're talking to is thinking, wait a minute, I'm the one that needs to be lecturing. You're the one that needs to change. And so casting lectures at one another, making points, demanding change, and expecting it to bring us together. And look, I'm talking about nationally, in your community, in your church, in your home, in your marriage. That won't work. Lectures are things that you give when you already have a collection of people who are pretty much on the same page with you, and they just need more of an education. Like when people pay a bunch of money and go sign up for a college class. You lecture to them. They paid to be there. Really, honestly, preaching is kind of lecturing from Scripture. It's saying, hey guys, here's what we've got going on. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what we need to do. There's really no conversation in preaching. But again, typically, all of the people who are in the room came there on purpose. They wanted to be there. We pretty much already agree on everything. They're just looking to be challenged in unique ways to grow. Hey, lectures are great for that. But I don't think I've ever converted anyone from their way of thinking outside of the truth to the truth by having them sit there and listen to me preach to them for 37 minutes. I'm not casting all of that out. It is important to sit down with your kids or sit down with a lost person or sit down with someone who's breaking the law or rioting and say, look, you got to stop that. There's room for that, but it doesn't come first. Lecture without rapport will do nothing. If there is not an establishment of a relationship, genuine concern and connection upon which you build your argument, you don't really have an argument. Now you might say, yes, I do. I have a great argument. Let me rephrase. In the ears of the hearer, you will never have a valid argument where there is not mutual respect and the ability to listen and learn and understand and then build your comments on that. I am really working on this. There have been people in my life with whom I've had just major disagreements in the past, and I waited for an opportunity to kind of take them aside or for the door to open and for me to say, all right, you've never listened to me before. I want you to listen to me now. Like I know all the answers or something. There's a lot of pride in this. And they sensed that pride and they didn't listen. And I really wish I could go back and have those conversations again, because I think I may have been committing a grave mistake. It's called patronizing people. Are you familiar with that? I'm going to give you the definition of patronize, and when you turn on the news tonight, whether you're listening to a politician speak about their side, or you're listening to a news program that supports your side, listen for 
patronizing language. Here's what it means. Treat in a way that is apparently kind or helpful, but that betrays a feeling of superiority. So it says, I want to see us heal. I want to see everything pull back together. I want there to be peace in America. I want for black lives to matter and white lives to matter and police lives to matter and citizens all to matter. And then the next thing I do is lecture you from my lofty perch about everything you need to do to align with my beliefs. That's patronization. And while your argument may be correct, it's just not the time to make it. So we're going to talk about some great things that you can do, really positive things. I hope you don't feel too crushed or incriminated by the first eight or nine minutes here. Really, I was looking into a mirror with basically everything I just said. But I'm working towards getting better so that relationships can actually improve. I'm no longer interested in winning an argument. I want to see us both win. Get on the same page. Respect one another. And I believe that Listening is a pivotal first and foremost step toward that progress. I have to tell you, today's idea and title came from George W. Bush. Credit to George for what we're talking about today. He released a statement on Tuesday of last week, so that was a full week after the George Floyd incident had taken place. And I want you to listen to a couple of the things that he said because I really like it. Certainly, you have to understand, before I read this to you, that he was under some scrutiny. It seems like everybody's under scrutiny nowadays. We're under scrutiny when we say things or when we don't, and so naturally, the fact that it had been a week and three other presidents had already made comments on the topic of racism, police brutality, and the like, people were wondering, where is George W. on this? And here's what he wrote. Laura and I are anguished by the brutal suffocation of George Floyd and disturbed by the injustice and fear that suffocate our country. Yet, we have resisted the urge to speak out because this is not the time for us to lecture. It is time for us to listen. It is time for America to examine our tragic failures, and as we do, we will also see some of our redeeming strengths. I'll read you one more short paragraph in a moment, but I have to say, he's in very rare territory here. There are not many people in this world whose first impulse is to not speak, to not jump out there and try to fix it with some power statement. He said, this is the time to listen. He's effectively saying, my wife and I have decided to learn, to gather information, to examine tragic failures to look for better pathways, and to listen to those who are hurting. And I think he is absolutely correct about this, and also that a lot of us have been getting this wrong via social media. We come out with our proclamation. Here's what we think about this. Here's what should have been done about that. Here's where the other side is completely missing the picture. Most of the time, we don't have all of the information. Sometimes you can't even find all of the information, but it doesn't keep people from commenting on their side, offering their lecture anyway. And of course, more importantly than that, even if it's accurate, what's the point? One thing I want you to take home today 
is this. If the point isn't peace and unification, if we're not saying it to try to draw someone from the other side closer to us, closer to God, what's the point? Well, you know, social media. We make our bold proclamations, and all of our friends applaud us with likes and loves and amens and the like, and it does nothing to help what's broken. I just think that having real conversations, getting to know people, learning, listening, and loving is the only way. You say, well, how's that supposed to work? One-on-one, one conversation at a time, one family member, one church member, one community member, one politician, one at a time. George W. Bush said this, The only way to see ourselves in a true light is to listen to the voices of so many who are hurting and grieving. Those who set out to silence those voices do not understand the meaning of America or how it becomes a better place. Now look, you may listen to that and say, wait a minute, these rioters who are killing people, injuring people, damaging things, there's no reasoning with them. You just need to arrest them. I agree. George W. Bush would agree with that. But again, if we are defending our rage by pointing out the small percent of criminals out there, instead of looking at the systematic issues that have brought us to this point, it's time to do more listening. Now you might say, look, I'm just trying to help. I'm offering a voice of reason. I'm trying to say things that can draw us together. I'm just here to tell you it's not working. Even the most beautifully worded, cleverly thought out, and seemingly sincerest of lectures are not bringing anyone together. I saw a report yesterday, Drew Brees said something about disrespecting the flag. He said it in the right light. He said it for the right reasons. The other side attacked him vehemently. So he comes out and he actually backs up on that because he was misunderstood. And then his own side of the aisle starts ridiculing him for that. The guy was just trying to say something to make things better. But that's not what works. And I'll tell you this. It's not always what works in your community, in your church, if you have issues where you worship, or even in your home. We want to give a little mini lecture that certainly will help, and we wonder why it gets twisted. Because people don't feel heard. There's no rapport. There's no conversation. There's just a monologue, and sometimes it's perceived as a monologue from someone standing over them, which is the definition of patronization. I have been careful, by the way, if you follow me on the Facebook, very few posts early on, a lot of reading, and to give you some tip today, let me give you a few things to think about as we close. How can you listen more? How can you help? Just post scripture. Post God's word. Post the love of the Lord. Post his will for everyone's salvation. Make sure if someone is labeling you a lecturer and deciding not to listen, that it's actually the Word of God that they are rejecting, not some white guy from Lindale, age 41, who read a couple of articles, and now he knows the answer to how to fix everything that's wrong in our world. Outside of God, outside of Christ and the Bible, I don't. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can start having more conversations with people who are different than me, trying to understand 
if we do that on an individual level all the way across our area of influence, we will begin to see change in that area. So, ask more questions. One of the very first episodes released in the Excel Still More series is one I still think about a lot. It was based on a book by Simon Sinek, and it was called Always Speak Last. I think it was the third episode we ever did. He was speaking in terms of businesses, and he was speaking to bosses, people in authority, people who can even demand you to listen. They can lecture, and you have to sit there. And he said, don't do that. Come into the boardroom, start asking questions. What do you guys think? What have you learned? How can I help you do your job better? I'm here to listen. You let everyone at the table speak. And then, in the end... You speak. But a couple of things have happened. One, they feel like their voice was heard. Rapport is built. Secondly, they believe that you are speaking from an educated position because you now understand them better, and they'd be right about that, and the chance that they will actually listen to what you have to say grows exponentially. That sounds good. Wouldn't that be great? When you made some post about how to fix what's going on in the politics of our country, wouldn't it be great if people who saw that, who disagreed with you, were still willing to listen because you had already listened to them? You had asked them questions. You had tried to understand. And so you worded your lecture. We all do a little lecturing now and then. You worded it very well, conscientious, considerate, because you were being considerate. And your goal was to actually bring them to you or you to them and not just to win. Let me say this in the last minute or so, just a few things to think about here. Number one, try to be Bible-centric in the things that you say. If you're speaking and you don't know who your audience is, be Scripture-centric. It's the best argument you could ever make. Secondly, if you do know your audience, listen to them. Ask them questions. Learn about their situation. Find out why they are so angry. What do they think can help? What can you do to help? You will probably be very surprised by what you hear, and it will help you immensely. By the way, this works in marriages, family, everywhere. And then the last thing here is prepare for this to be hard. Again, check out the sermon from yesterday about how Jesus expects us to be kind even if someone slaps you in the face. If you are listening today and you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to do that. As long as the other person is civil and kind, I'll do it. It won't last very long. You have to decide to take this approach no matter how the other person is behaving. And by the way, this approach will begin to change their behavior for the better. So listen, stand up for what's right, preach the word, but just remember that the best thing you can do early on to create a good outcome is listen, not lecture. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.